0: everyone. I'm attorney Donna DiMaggio-Berger, and this is Take It to the Board, where we speak condo and HOA. The pandemic has proven to me that many communities who previously shied away from technology have learned to embrace it. I've attended hundreds of board and membership meetings held virtually over the last year in communities I never would have imagined could or would use that format. Zoom has become the preferred meeting platform for some communities at this point. I've also seen a large increase in the number of associations wanting to use online voting. And that's why I'm so excited to speak to my guest today. Brett Filo is the co-founder of Shift Digital, based in New Jersey. Now, full disclosure, my law firm, Becker, has partnered with Brett and Shift over the last two years to create custom association websites and online voting for community associations in New Jersey and Florida. So welcome to Take It to the Board, Brett.
1: Thank you, Donna. It's great to be here. I appreciate you having me.
0: Well, you know, my first question, you know what it's going to be. Has your phone been ringing off the hook over the last year?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And yeah, it really has. Uh, Particularly with voting, um, we've had a real uh, increased interest in uh, in electronic voting. I think, uh, obviously, The pandemic has forced people to reconsider how they get together to hold community association business, uh, voting being obviously the the biggest factor. Uh, So we've had a lot of interest and uh, we've had uh, quite a number of folks joining uh, and using the software.
0: Now, you're joining me from New Jersey. I'm speaking to you from Florida. And, you know, throughout this pandemic, it's been kind of a, a ping pong match between the Northeast and the Southeast, you know, when you were in bad shape, we were in relatively good shape. When we were in bad shape, you were in relatively good shape. So we went back and forth. In terms of your customer interest, have you noted, a, a, you know, are there parallels between the interest in, in the New Jersey Association interest in websites and online voting in the Florida market?
1: Uh, yeah, I, you know, there's been an increase in interest here in New Jersey for for sure, Um, We have many more associations in Florida using the software, and I think that's because Florida has done a terrific job in uh, pushing electronic voting. They've they've made that uh, something that's very important uh, in the state, and they've encouraged associations to consider it. I I think New Jersey is just starting to get there. Uh, But this year in particular, New Jersey has shown an increase in interest, and I think it's specifically due to the fact that uh, association business would have shut down had they not figured out other ways to either meet virtually or conduct their uh, votes virtually.
0: You know, I've attended hundreds of Zoom board meetings and and membership meetings. I have to tell you, I like it, and I'm finding a lot of my clients like it too. Particularly, they've get they've got increased membership. It's just easier for people to log on from the convenience of their home, but also that little mute button has really <laughs> come in handy <laughs> for sure. For, for the person who wants to take over the meeting and not stop, it's it's been a really incredibly useful tool.
1: Yeah, Zoom is you know doing doing these remote meetings. Uh, look, I participated in business in Florida. So I've been asked to join uh, board meetings to demo software uh, when the board is interested in making a decision. I've attended Zoom meetings to train voters on how to use the voting software, which is always a great idea whenever you adopt uh, new software for your communities, give them an opportunity to see it before it rolls out. Um, And I'm here in New Jersey. And I know that the folks in Florida are, are part of a very mobile community. You have a snowbirds, you have folks who are living out of state, who might be in the Northeast, might be in Canada, and they can easily participate if they're not in Florida. So it's a it's a huge benefit. Um, and this year has proven that point. I think everybody was a little hesitant uh, up until our hands were forced and now we've all seen how easy it is. So, um, you know, it's it's been well adopted.
0: It's probably here to stay. So, I think so. So we're going to talk about two things today. We're going to talk about online voting and we're going to talk about association websites. Let's start with voting. So the product you developed for our law firm was is called Becker Ballot. For those people who are listening today, Brett, and know n- absolutely nothing about casting an online vote for a membership vote in their association, can you kind of walk us through the process? How would they get started? Who starts the process, um, and, and where do they go? And how do they get their members encouraged to cast an online vote?
1: Yeah, and that last part is is a great point to make. Um, and and I'll, I'll answer your questions in the order that you asked them, <laughs> but I do want to stress that last point because that really works to everybody's advantage um the association typically starts it so the board uh, and and don i don't want to um obviously provide legal guidance here but you, you've got to accept this into your community so you need to adopt a resolution your board has to make a decision electronic voting is something we want to do um and then you pick a package uh i you know personally think becker ballots terrific um there are options out there and i encourage every association to do their homework, figure out what the right fit is. Uh, And every software will offer a demo or you can um, attend a webinar. We hold webinars weekly uh, just so you get acclimated to the software. You then need to get your voters to consent to vote electronically. Uh, They have to tell you, yes, I want to vote electronically rather than on paper. Um, And that's a form that they'll fill out and make sure that the association keeps copy of that. Once that piece is done, it's as simple as getting, um, in our case, our software, an electronic roster. So it's the name of the voter, the email address that they've elected to use, uh, their unit number, unit numbers, identifying information. They're invited to activate their account. They'll create an account, uh, which is really a, a secure password uh, only they know it. Um, and then when the ballot goes live, they get an email invitation to participate. They can log in from anywhere um, as long as they have internet access. They can use their computer, their tablet, their phone, um, and really voting is like filling out a form. So if you've, if you've uh, purchased a book on Amazon, you're you know you're ready to vote online. Um, The the big thing, as you've alluded to, is adoption. And the best thing an association can do in advance of rolling electronic voting out is talk it up to their association membership, Um, offer to give them uh, webinars or tutorials. Uh, As I've said, I'll do Zooms. I did a Zoom last night for um, an association in Florida at 7 o'clock. There were, I think, 10 or 12 voters who logged in. Uh, took 15 minutes, showed them what their email would look like, showed them what the voting screen would look like. They're ready to vote. So anything you can do from an association standpoint, just to get your voters excited about it and familiar with the process is going to get uh, get your voters on board and it's going to gain adoption.
0: I would imagine, Brett, that simplicity is the key here, because you said if you can buy something on Amazon, you can probably cast a vote online. But what we're finding over time when people say, this is broken, no matter what it is, usually it's user error. (laughs) Usually when it comes to online voting, it's something as simple as the email address has not been inputted correctly. Uh, for whoever was uploading that, that roster or sending it to you, or maybe even the, the owner himself or herself listed their email address incorrectly. I, I mean, I would assume that that simplicity is key here when it comes to rolling out something that's new in many communities. Uh, and we're going to talk about demographics as well in a little bit in terms of who's, who's going to be who it's easier to embrace this technology as opposed to people who may be a little resistant.
1: Yeah, yeah, look, uh, there, there's definitely an element of user error. We do have a video, uh, most uh, voting packages, most pieces of technology have some type of tutorial that's available. Um, but, you know, to your point, even, um, you know, if you fill out the, the consent to vote online, the consent form, and it's handwritten and somebody uh, can't read your handwriting and mistypes your email address, That's going to get entered into the system incorrectly as well. And then you'll never receive the email invitation. All of those things are easy to correct and can be done in practical, practically real time. But um, that's where you might see the introduction of of errors.
0: It could Um, could even be you put one email address on that consent form. And then when you go to log in, you use a different email address, forgetting what you had put in. I guess one of the advice I know you give to to clients is leave yourself enough time. So if you're registering to vote five minutes before the vote ends, <laughs> yeah. you could have a problem, right? If you do it a week early or a few days earlier, probably a better option.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, we recommend if your timeline permits. And now that people are more familiar with electronic voting, I think they're uh, preparing in advance for their upcoming Votes, whether it's an election or another type of a vote, Uh, if you can get your voters registered even in advance of the ballot going live, that's terrific because it gives you enough opportunity there to work out any issues, make sure you've got the right emails. If a voter uh, has an issue logging in, there's enough opportunity for them to call our eight hundred number and say, "Hey, I, you know, I can't log in. We can match them to the roster." Uh, so the more time you have available, the easier the process will be. We do know, you know, we do know that sometimes you're going to adopt electronic voting a week before you want to launch your ballot. So there'll be a little bit of a rush, but, um, most times we can, we can get those things corrected as, as long as, you know, it usually involves a conversation, uh, a, a quick phone call or an email exchange so we can figure out exactly what the issue is.
0: I would assume customer service is pretty key here because you've got people that are trying out a new, a, a new technology for the first time. Who do they go to for answers? Do they reach out to their association manager or the board, or do they reach out to their their online voting provider?
1: Yeah, I, I think I'd have a, a, a angry mob if I said so. call your association <laughs> manager. Uh, we have an 800 number. We have a support email address. If it's a technical issue, we really would prefer the voter, reach out to us. Uh, if a voter contacts us and says, hey, I'm, I'm with um, uh, Sunshine Coast Association, and I want to vote electronically, we can look up that association's roster. And if they're not in the roster, that's the one uh, um, place where we're going to have to redirect them back to the association, because we do need to make sure that they fill out the appropriate consent form. Um <clears throat> But if they have another issue, uh, you know, I forgot my email address, I uh, forgot my password or I'm not receiving the email. As long as they can validate their their credentials, we can get them a new, uh, new email to reset their password. We, we won't know anybody's password here, but we can get them instructions on how to reset their password. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, surprisingly, we, we don't, for as many associations as we work with and for as many individual voters... I don't feel like we get a volume of support requests. It, you know, if if it's a, uh,
0: I hope if, you didn't just jinx yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: during election season, I, there's a spike in calls for sure. So beginning of the year, uh, when it seems like there's a, a, an influx of board elections, you know we'll see a we'll see a a, a spike in in phone calls. But it's not like we're getting a hundred calls a day, and there could be. 10 elections uh, each that have 100, 500, or 1,000 voters. So to get 10 calls in a day, to me, that's really not that bad. Um, But but it is true. Customer service in that regard is key. We have to get on the phone with them. We want to understand what the issue is. Uh, We don't want the voters to be frustrated because the goal from from our perspective, and I think from the association's perspective, is – They want to continue to use electronic voting. The first time you use it is likely when you're going to have the majority of questions. um, And there'll be probably a double cost in that you'll still be producing some paper, you'll still have some postage, and you're now going to pay for electronic voting. But that second vote, You should see paper go down. You should spend less money on postage. So
0: that's also word of mouth amongst the people saying, oh, I, you know, I voted in five minutes online as about exactly as opposed to having to mail something back.
1: Yeah. Look, I'm going to I'm
0: going to give you a softball here. I'm going to say that you're that 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 the uh, minimum uh, drain on your customer service is probably due to the fact that you really did spend time setting up this software to make it as simple as possible with instructions Every step of the way,
1: I, and I appreciate that. I, I, we we have worked hard, and and you know we're listening. We we hear, uh, you know, if if I get three or four of the same type of questions um, about a particular process or or uh, the way to vote or the way to log in, that's a red flag to us. We have we have a tracking system here. Uh, we have some improvements queued up for the next version of of the voting software of Becker Ballot, um, and there will likely be not only technical enhancements, but there will likely be interface or user experience enhancements um, based on, on on things that we've learned from from voters themselves.
0: Are you seeing any trends in terms of um, the the software being used for some types of votes as opposed to others? For instance, in, you know, Elections, Mm -hmm. material alteration votes, votes on amendments, um, reserve funding votes. Is there is there any that stand out where you're finding people or associations are using software more for one type of vote as opposed to others? Or it's pretty even across the board?
1: Uh, Well, I definitely feel like we've had a lot of elections. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so I I think that's a product of, of this past year in particular, just knowing that there were elections that were ready to go. And all of a sudden, that we we can't have an in-person election. Um, I don't know if they're able to put off other types of votes, uh, but I've seen you know I've seen a, uh, virtually every type of vote that you've mentioned. I've seen a, a number of each of them. We offer to set up votes here. We don't charge um, associations to set their their ballots up as long as we have the ballot materials that are prepared by the attorney or by the management company. We can set the electronic version up. So I've seen you know, every vote type uh, over the past year or so.
0: Let me tell you, from a community association attorney perspective, I will never forget one election. It was a Miami, unnamed Miami Lakes master community, hundreds of unit owners, an election. I was there, as, was, as were most of the members, until 1 30 a.m. We started at 8 p.m. Yeah. And it was because... Opening every one of those envelopes, but first making the judgment calls on the outer envelopes. Many of the units were owned by investors who Mm -hmm. lived out of state, lived out of country. So mostly owned by LLCs. And we were just going through looking at each outer envelope, trying to verify that the, the signature on that outer envelope actually pertained to that particular business entity. I I will never forget. And I and I remember saying there has to be a better way. And I know with 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 that hybrid, listen, from my experience, Brett, nobody except the smallest communities are 100 percent online voting right now. You know, in Florida, um, it's a law that you have to allow the owners who want to continue to cast a manual paper vote to do so. But you touched on it because over time, we've got a lot of people that have repeated online voting year after year or several times in a year, and each time they do it, out of the gate, they they grow a greater percentage of their owners who are choosing to vote online. But that being said. We still have a lot of hybrids. So we may have 50 percent of the members voting online, 50 percent by paper. But that still cuts down incredibly when you're talking about an election to not have to deal with hundreds of votes and all those judgment calls. They're calculated. So the night of the meeting, we just we just log on and we see who's voted for these candidates online. That's already tabulated. And then we just have to integrate the paper votes with the online.
1: Yeah, I'd like to say that we will completely eliminate these late nights for you. Uh, I, I I think they're vastly reduced, and you'll get to bed a lot earlier now. Um, yeah, electronically the votes are tabulated a minute after the vote closes, so you can log in one minute after the vote closes, and the results of any vote are there automatically for you. We'll even generate a report that you can use to enter your paper count um, into. So we're you know we're trying to give you all the tools that we can to make, knowing that there's going to be an offline process to make that a little easier and a little faster. But if you get half your voters voting electronically, and then you get the other half, you know, who are still going to vote on paper, the the time that it takes to tabulate those results is very.
0: You cut it in half. Yeah. So Brett, we have to talk about the F word. (laughs) Fraud. (laughs) One of the concerns I've heard from the outset when the Florida legislature first said that online voting was going to be a voting option for condos, cooperatives and homeowners association were concerns from members saying, what about the potential for fraud? And I have to be honest with you, I was I was found this to be strange because, in my opinion, the possibility for fraud when it comes to filling out a paper ballot and leaving it on the association manager's desk or dropping it in a ballot box that was, in my opinion, less less secure. It's not so hard to make a paper ballot go missing or to change a, a signature. But how do you address those concerns of fraud?
1: It's a great question, and it is, I think, the number fraud and security. I think are neck and neck for the the big questions whenever an association is exploring electronic voting. Um, so the the every electronic voting platform, are, are, we've taken great care to make sure that our platform is secure. We use Um, You you know, the standard types of security that you would see when you shop online. So your data is encrypted. Uh, Every association's data is kept separately in a separate database from every other association's data. So there's never any uh, commingling of data across associations. Um, We here will never know a voter's credentials to log in. So we can't log in as another voter. We can't vote as a voter, uh, only the voter themselves will know the password that they've used to set up and activate, activate and set up their account. So, you know, unless a voter is giving somebody else their credentials, it's up to them. They, they, you know, they're keeping their, their, their information safe and secure. Uh, the, the data, when it's, uh, stored in the database is also stored encrypted. So even in the in the very off chance that there was some kind of crazy hack, um, and I know you know everybody everybody thinks about that too, um, the, the the data would be meaningless because it's it's encrypted. You can't you can't it's not human readable. So you know we've been very careful to make sure that um, voters feel secure that nobody can vote on their behalf. So there's the fraud. Nobody can delete their vote once the vote is cast a voter receives an email confirmation of their vote uh, and that's counted in the tabulation so if there's ever an audit we have uh essentially an anonymized receipt of what the voter received mm-hmm. so the voter could say hey i voted on such and such a date we can identify that a vote was captured at that time um so there's no no real chance that that vote will be deleted or not counted. Um, it's it'd be really a, a challenge to figure out a way that somebody could manipulate uh, a vote using well using our software. I can't speak to, to every package, but uh, it, it'd be a tough it'd be a tough task.
0: So just to set it straight, if a manager or a board member is the administrator who is mm-hmm. uploading the credentials. On the software platform, in your system, there's no way that, that administrator can log into those people's votes.
1: That's correct. The, the manager has their own administrative account. They can do things like set the ballot up. Although you know, nine times out of ten, we're doing that. Uh, they can upload the voter roster. But once a vote is begun, they can't even edit or delete a voter. So we we made sure that even as an administrator, you know, uh, an administrator can't go in and decide. Uh, you know, uh, Mary. I don't want Mary Jones to be able to vote at all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn Mary Jones' account off. So I got one less vote. I can't even do that. Once the vote is live, it's locked. Um, now if Mary moves out and there's a new person that's purchased, we can help facilitate that here. But we're gonna need some information to do that. But yeah, administrators have limited roles and they can never act on behalf of another voter and cast a ballot.
0: You know what I like about what you said previously is if there is any question of fraud or a potential uh, election challenge, when it comes to online voting, there is a footprint. So we know what time a person cast the vote. Now, if it comes to an envelope, a lot of times we don't know when it was put into the ballot box. So we tell our people who are using it, hey, when you get your paper ballots, make sure you mark it, because when it comes to elections in Florida, it's the first ballot in that's going to be counted. So with with online voting, we can tell when that person cast. We can't tell how they voted, but we can right. tell when they cast the vote. And that's crucial. And I will just say when it comes to fraud, Brad, you know, I can't imagine any international spy rings. One <laughs> to hack into Island Club Two's sure. condominium board election. And I'm not sure most of the people living in these communities have that skill set.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't have that skill set. I don't want really <laughs> that skill set, and I don't think that there are many folks who are interested in you know making sure that one person wins over another. You know, get put, put, you know, plotting from Pakistan or Russia or wherever they. Might I think I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Whatever but, we think of, yeah.
1: yeah, we've been very careful to, to eliminate potential areas, uh, of concern. And we, you know, we want to make sure that vote. Look, we want people to vote online. We want them to feel confident in the results. We want them to feel comfortable that the process is easy. So we do want to check all the boxes and make sure that all the standard stuff that you'd expect when you use online software, are really of any sort, you know, that your identity is protected, that nobody can steal that information. Um, all, all of that is safe and sound. So, so.
0: So we have a new condominium ombudsman in Florida and I was on a webinar with him and I I think he's a millennial or close to a millennial. So, you know, he's going to have a certain perspective. But, you know, one of the ombudsman's goals in Florida is to ensure free and fair elections in condominium uh, elections. And he was very enthusiastic about the role that online voting can play. So I think that's um, I think we're going to see more communities quickly become more comfortable with the format.
1: I uh, look the the, the past year's proven the model. Uh, you know people have done it. They, they've successfully held elections. they've uh, voted for material alterations. I've seen buildings get painted and railings get replaced and you know people are people are using it and, and it's, it's proven to to work well and 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 people are participating. I, I had um, an association actually this might have actually even been before things really shut down. I had a an early adopter of the software tell me that, Uh, They had achieved a quorum uh, by introducing electronic voting. They had achieved a quorum for the first time in seven or eight years, which was really terrific to hear that. Uh, Not only did it work well for them, but it also proved the idea that their association membership was receptive to it. They were just waiting for an easier way.
0: Absolutely. For all those communities where we say, why, you know, listen, if you want to have your board member in place for 25 years, because Ed is doing a great job, that's one thing. That's fantastic. But if Ed, sorry for all the Eds who are listening, (laughs) if Ed's been there for 25 years because nobody has been able to unseat him, that's another thing. So, So before we move on to websites, I have to ask you two questions. One, has the stereotype of older communities, because in Florida, you know, we have many, many um, housing for older persons, active, you know, senior communities, 55 and over. Has the old stereotype that those communities are really not going to embrace, embrace this kind of technology? Has that now been laid to rest?
1: Yeah, I think it has. I, I haven't encountered any association. We, we have a, a, a number of associations with older uh, older population, uh, and they want to do it. You know, look, they're all... They're all on email. They're all on
0: Facebook with their grandkids.
1: They're, 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 they, they spent the past year zooming and do, using FaceTime so they could see their friends and their family. Um, no, they, they, you know, they might need a, a, a quick hand in just getting their account activated, but once they do it, they're they're good. They're off and running. I, I don't I don't really think I think it's a stereotype that that um, an older population doesn't doesn't either a doesn't embrace the technology or B isn't comfortable uh, with it. I, I think once they learn how to do it, it's, it's like everything else. I, I think they're, they're fine with it.
0: I think you're right. So last question about online voting. What what's Becker ballot 2.0 going to look like anything on the horizon?
1: Yeah, you know, we we have a couple. So, um, multi language has been a big a big request, and we're working on that. We have um, a bunch of screens translated, um, so that uh, based on voter preference, they can have the instruction screens and the navigation in their preferred language. We're focusing on uh, Spanish and French out of the gate, since you know that, that those are the more more popular languages um, in Florida. Um, and then, um, the other thing that we're working on and we're just trying to get it right. I know that there are, uh, there, there've been a, a, a number of requests for this and that's the ability, as I mentioned, you, you have to get consent from your voters, uh, to, to, uh, vote online. So a voter has to acknowledge, yes, I want to vote online. Uh, and that in the past has been a, a, signed paper document that the association keeps on record, uh. That for you know all the associations that have already signed up and have gone through that process aren't going to love <laughs> this, but we are adding a feature where you can get that consent online, and we want to capture a digital signature. So, um, you know, just uh, DocuSign or HelloSign uh, are um, pieces of software that allow that you know that allow you to capture a, a, a legal digital signature. Um, so we're working on adding that as a, a piece to it, so that you know, particularly if you've got a large association, thousands of, of sure. units, uh, you know, I'd like to make the pro- the onboarding process easier by you just giving us your roster. We'll send it out, get them to sign and consent. And that will also start the activation process. So, um, there's some, some hoops we need to jump through to make sure that that satisfies all of the requirements, uh, which I'm sure we'll be talking about, but I, uh, you know, that that's something I think that larger associations are going to, are going to, um, uh, benefit from.
0: I, I should mention to our listeners that Brett is referring to a uh, legal requirement in Florida. This is per statute that P, that owners who want to vote online must consent. So, in your own state, you know you may or may not have that requirement. Check with association council with regard to online voting. I should also mention that as of right now, I think half the states, a little more than half the states, do allow association voting. Not all the states do, so in your state, don't assume that you can cast a membership vote online. Check with your association attorney. So let's move on to association websites. Now, association websites are not as sexy as online voting. They've been around for for decades, I remember twenty years ago talking about association websites. Um, I will tell you, I go to an association's website when I'm go- when I'm meeting with a new client. So one of the first things I will do um, before I meet with the with the board is I'll go and see do they have a uh, do they have a website? That website normally gives me a pretty good uh, insight into into their community. You know, I go through the gallery, I'll look and see what amenities they have. I'll see what kind of um, services often they will have an about our board, which is very useful before I actually meet with the board. But I will tell you in my own community, I have a, a I live in an HOA and I have we have a website and I can't remember the last time I ever visited it. So what 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 am I doing wrong or what is my community doing wrong with their website?
1: It's a great question. Um... You, you want the website to be the central point of association communication with the membership. So um, all of the important documents, event information, um, updates to the community, uh, new projects, anything that you would typically see a flyer posted for or that you'd have a meeting about, should end up on the website. You need to encourage your association membership to be looking to that as the primary resource for information about what's happening in your community. And you do need to have somebody who's going to own the responsibility of keeping that up to date. So if you've got a property management company, uh, somebody with, on that property management team is going to know exactly what's happening within the association and should be responsible for keeping the site up to date, whether it's uh, you know a couple times a month or, or weekly um, even as simple as every, and again, this past year was a little weird because there were less of them, but every event that's happening, everything that goes on in the clubhouse, I, I I work with a number of associations and they're posting every party, every picnic. I just posted a flyer for one of the associations about a, a movie night. Uh, they just posted that, um, uh, the, the masks are not required in their, uh, community buildings now. So, you know, Their membership is going to these websites, and they're looking to their website for this information. I think if you do that, you you stand a really good chance of uh, keeping your membership engaged and and having them visit the site on a regular basis. Yeah,
0: you're making me think we don't have enough events in this neighborhood.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I gotta tell you, some of these associations are really busy. (laughs) Picnics, movie nights. I I saw over the holidays they did golf cart parades. I'm like, I'm living in the wrong place.
0: Wow. The only thing I do get text when I live in a golf course community and. We've been having a lot of alligator activity, okay. so maybe they should tell us that and say, "Click here to see the picture," and yeah. it'll take me to the website. Yeah, I'll bring that up. I'll bring that up at the next You're board ready. at the next board meeting. You did make an important point um, about association websites that could potentially go stale. Mm-hmm. So, as I told you, when I'm doing my my kind of due diligence before I meet with a new client uh, and I go on websites, it's apparent to me which websites are really well kept up and others that probably have not been touched. In months or even years, yeah. and I think that's probably even worse because yeah, you've got new. You've got. I. I would imagine. I'm looking at the website as the association attorney who's who's going to be interviewing with that board. But I have to imagine that potential new purchasers are also going to these websites to get a flavor for the community.
1: Yep. Yeah, for sure. You've got folks who are interested in learning about the community who want to understand uh, what's happening there. They want to see up to date photos. Um, You know, these associations, the associations themselves are not stale. You see associations constantly improving the facilities, um, take photos, make sure they're up there on the website so that prospective purchasers, people who are visiting those communities, um, see the latest and greatest additions to the community. Um, I I think it's also dangerous if you have dated contact information uh, or documentation um, many of the associations, um, as I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about, use these websites as a central uh, hub for their documentation. So you want to make sure that that's up to date. Um, so yeah, I, I, I actually think that uh, an out of date association website can, can do some damage.
0: So in Florida, when you have an association that is operating 150 or more units, you have to have a website. And there are certain things you have to have on that website. And the legislature has deemed this important because it's a it's a, a transparency channel for your for your members. So in Florida, you have to post your, in these communities, in these larger communities with 150 units or more, you have to post your meeting notices under a password protected page. You have to post your budgets and your financials. You mentioned document inspections. In Florida, more than 40 percent of the complaints filed with the state pertain to members who are angry because they asked to see some documents and they didn't get them. They didn't get them at all or they didn't get them timely within the 10 business days from the time they made the written request. Um I've told all my clients, Brett, hey, you know what? You should get out of the document inspection business. It's too fraught with the potential for you to screw up and miss a deadline. So digitize your documents, put them all online for the sensitive ones, the financial statements and the budgets and the contractor bids. Put those behind a password section only for your owners and be done with it. And that way you're out of that business. Everything's on the website. So you won't have somebody saying the board or the manager denied me access to these documents. Are you seeing more and more associations digitize and upload all their, even the ones that aren't required, the smaller communities?
1: Yeah, Yeah, we have a few. We have a few associations uh, that are on the smaller side, definitely under 150 units who are using the website for for everything, but certainly for their document management to make sure that those documents are available to their association membership. Um, yeah, uh, look, I I hate paper. (laughs) I really do. And it it causes me such anxiety. You know, I I, uh, have a unit in Florida uh, that was built in, um, I want to say the late sixties, early seventies. And I'll walk into the association office there and there are just, uh, there's just a wall of filing cabinets. And I'm just, You know, just stresses me out. I I don't know how anybody could find anything, and I just wonder to myself if there's ever a weather event or or uh, 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 an issue with the the uh, you know uh, sprinkler system. What's going to happen to all those documents? I mean, they 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 you know they have to be kept safe. So um, most associations have done most associations that I'm working with that we're working with have done a great job at making sure they have digital copies of their more recent documents and that makes sense because most of those documents are now being created in a word processing program they're being saved as pdfs they might be printed out to be disseminated but there's a digital record of that document that can easily be uploaded Um, but many of these uh, associations do have historical documents and they they should be working to digitize them and, and get those online
0: what a great segue. You know, we've got uh, hurricane season in Florida. We've worried about this for years. If you're maintaining some dusty room filled with, you know, archival papers, including insurance policy, that should be digitized. And I would say this just pertains to Florida. But with our weather patterns, okay. it really yep. pertains to New Jersey everywhere. and New yeah. York, everywhere you can think of. Yep. Yeah. So, So it totally makes sense.
1: Yeah, I'd like to, you know, I, I mean, one of the things that we've talked a lot about internally here is uh, is providing a service to help associations do that, because that is a big undertaking, particularly for associations that have uh, a long history and a lot of documents. Um, you know, we, we've got to figure out a way to make it easy for them. And of course, cost effective, because, um, you know, if you're talking about Thousands and thousands of documents, you could be talking about tens of thousands of pages that need to be digitized. So we want to figure out a way to make it easy. And then we're actually in the process of finishing up a, 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 an approach to satisfying those document requests. That's a big a big thing as well, um, making it easy for the folks who are within the administration uh, to satisfy those document requests, because I know they can be they can be onerous.
0: Um, oh, it could be uh, give me everything from the beginning of time until today. And yeah. by the way, I need it in ten days. Right. You, you know, for the managers listening to us, Brett, I would say this, and and they're going to be nodding their heads in agreement. How much of your time is taken up? with these kind of requests, whether it's preparation of an estoppel certificate and I, and uh, these websites can have a tab mm-hmm. to request an estoppel certificate right then and there. And how much of your time is taking up with the document inspections and how much is taken up with, with questions regarding ongoing projects, let's say a concrete restoration project, you can upload all that information, letting people know, and it helps when you have lengthy repair or renovation projects where people can go onto the website, see what phase of the project they're in, where, can, where do they need to park their cars that day? You know, a lot, I, I'm dealing with this in a lot of our communities now that we're coming out of the pandemic have long delayed uh, reconstruction projects. Yep. And they're starting to ramp those up, particularly as we go into the summer months when it's a little bit more quiet down mm-hmm. here in Florida. And the website's the perfect portal to direct people to say all of that information is going to be listed there. Just follow it. And we're going to update it weekly.
1: Yeah. You know, it makes your association membership feel secure, you know, that that, that they're being communicated with, that the information is easy to access, that the, the association is being transparent with them, uh, reduces anxiety, a lot less questions, a lot less people marching into the association, management office, you know, asking for an update on, on you know, the parking lot project when they could have, you know, visited a page on the website, had a photo, told you when it would be done, and, you know, their questions and, and of course it also does quell, you know, associations are, are like, you know, every other, uh, a group of people there, you know, rumors circulate wow. misinformation. So have the have the website be your single source of truth. This is the this is, you know, the information coming from the association management. This is exactly what's happening. Um, it just gives people a sense of, of security and they feel like you know people are being honest with them.
0: You really touched on something important. I've told my boards for a long time, be the official communication channel with your owners, because if you don't, somebody will spill it. You know, do you have anybody disgruntled living in your community? Chances are you have more than one. And if you go silent that you just leave the opportunity for somebody to step in. And we haven't even touched on shadow websites. You know, I, over the years, I've had some communities that have um, been challenged by owners and those owners went and set up their own website. And the sole purpose of the website was to bash the board and bash the community that's a, that's a difficult problem. We can resolve it, but why not prevent it in the first place?
1: Yeah. Get your official website out there, you know, make it clear to the association membership. This is information that's being posted by the association management, you know, own the, own the communication channel, just, just and make it easy for your association membership.
0: Bingo. Bingo. So I've got to ask you, cause we're running out of time. What is the most challenging request you've gotten for a website in terms of customizing it? We, we do get,
1: so the, the software that we've developed and we're, we're, we're about to launch version two of the software is a templated system. So we've tried to make it very easy and very fast for associations to spin up a website. I, you know, I, I like to say that if you, have a couple, you know, if you have a couple pages of content and you know where all your documents are, in a couple hours, you could satisfy the requirement to have your website up and running. I mean, it's not a, a heavy lift, um, but I do get, you know, requests for customizations uh, i've I've had you know uh, drone videos sent to me. I've had mm-hmm. slideshow requests. I've had custom template requests, uh, you know, all of which are great ideas, and all of which give us an opportunity to improve the software. When I hear these requests, that you know that's the light bulb moment. you know if somebody's asking for this, this is an idea that will make it into the next version of the software. So uh, I think a lot of the associations that are using version one, when they get a chance to demo version two are going to see, probably features that they have mentioned things that they've requested um, you know some flexibility in terms of naming document categories for example um, uploading video <laughs> uploading and embedding embedding that draw you know some of these folks get amazing videos I'm, I'm I'm blown away some of the drone videos are, are really really cool so uh, and I can't orders. imagine
0: I can't imagine what they've captured on those videos because I've heard <laughs> yeah. some stuff i probably see the <laughs> the edited version. Yeah. What about on web? What about on the online voting? Any anything really challenging in terms of a customization request, like fractional voting, for instance?
1: Yeah, in some of our community voting requested early on that. That's actually a good a good question. We did have that early on. Our, our software does support it. I mean, that was something that was, um, you know, I, I have a handful of associations that use it. I think the vast majority are standard one one unit, one vote type of association. But I have a couple that are using fractional voting. And I have a couple that use vote points. Um you know, I guess based on their ownership, I'm not. I, I don't know how to get to the points. I just know what the points are. Um, so, uh, but that was a re- request early on, and that got got built into the software pretty early in the process. Um, you know, I've been asked to show up at meetings, which you know, uh, December January here in New Jersey, I'd very happily do. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, the, the reality is, doing it online does make it uh, kind of easy. I don't, I don't really have to physically be there. Um, So those are those are the the kinds of requests we get. Most, you know, most of the stuff is pretty standard fare. You know, they want it easy. They want to they want to be able to quickly tabulate the results. Um, You know, they want us to manage the communications with their voters. You know, we don't we don't um, nudge the voters, but uh, if they haven't voted, we'll send them a reminder three days before the vote closes. We'll send them a reminder 24 hours before the vote closes. Um, Requests like that are the kind of common Things that I, I hear.
0: So, Brett, I want to thank you for helping associations embrace this kind of technology. You know, healthy communities are the communities where you've got greater membership participation, where there's a place people can go to see what's going on. I think most of the frustration and most of the complaints I've seen that have been filed over the last two decades come out of associations, not because they mean uh, they have bad intentions, but just because maybe they're not utilizing all the resources that are out there that to really bring their members into kind of into the conversation when it comes to association operations. So, so I really want to thank you. Good luck on version 2.0 on it's my community site and Becker Ballad. And uh, we'll check back again in about a year. We'll see oh, what trends you're noting. Thanks so thank
1: much you. for ha- having me. I really appreciate it. Donna. Thanks. It's
0: thank my you. pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review so even more people can take it to the board. Lastly, please visit TakeItToTheBoard.com for more information.